0: Minnesota isn't just about hot dish hockey and target. That's right, friends. It's AJ, your host of the Maybe Swearing Helps podcast, also known as your Minnesota best friend, the one you didn't know you had and the one you didn't know you needed. But you are glad that you found me. I hope all of you had a great week, that your bosses were gentle to you, that your children respected you when you told them, no. You cannot have chocolate before dinner. And I really hope that your husband's folded the socks that the way you like them to be folded, or that you went out and did something that scared your family. It's going to be a great episode here, folks. I am so glad that you joined me. So grab your wine, your comfy chair, and let's get down and dirty with the Maybe Swearing Helps podcast. When I was a little girl, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said two things. I wanna be president of the United States of America and I want to be a mom. I have wanted to be a mom for as long as I can remember. I was obsessed with baby dolls and I love working with children and helping my friends take care of their babies. Motherhood is something I have desired for a very long time. In 2010, I got pregnant naturally with my son, Alucius Gregory. Sadly, Alucius was born sleeping on May 13th, 2010. I had a botched procedure that basically shredded my cervix. Yes, we're going to talk about female genitalia in this podcast. So if you're a gentleman, you can either cover your ears or fast forward to the next little bit. They basically shredded my uterus and tore a hole, or basically shredded my cervix and tore a hole in my uterus. It did not heal properly. And I went to a couple different doctors and they told me that they didn't know if I would be able to carry a pregnancy or let alone get pregnant on my own because I have the cervix from hell. There's like cul-de-sacs in there and like communities of trolls having parties on streets that I've never seen in my life. I'd like to join them, but I don't wanna go inside my own body. Fast forward to 2015, I had just met Jay, my husband, in November of 2014, and on Mother's Day 2015, we found out we were pregnant. I was scared to death and in shock, and he was thrilled. He was starting to look at baby things, and we were talking about moving in. Our first ultrasound showed that it was an empty sac. The second ultrasound showed the same and we found out that it was a blight ovium, which is where two sperm fertilize one egg. They have three sets of chromosomes instead of two. So we lovingly call that child two sperm. And I like to imagine that he is half a raptor, half human, and chews on red Legos. Now you can decide which half is which. We struggled to get pregnant for about a year, And our doctor suggested that we move on to fertility treatments. We started out with, just like everybody else does, time intercourse. And we did three IUIs, which all failed. We switched clinics and we went to a different clinic here in the metro area of Minneapolis. And we went through IVF. We got three embryos. Uh, (laughs) Funny story we were originally supposed to transfer two embryos in december of 2017 however the doctor could not access my uterine cavity she tried for over an hour i'll spare you the details but our embryos had to be refroze and i was scheduled for a dilation procedure so we ended up transferring those two embryos who have been froze two times at this point in early january 2018 and we got the first positive pregnancy test since 2015. And I was overjoyed and I was so excited because God had finally granted us our miracle. This child we had been fighting for was finally ours. And I was just, we were just elated over the moon, elated that IVF had worked, but that elation was short-lived. At the end of February, I went in for a routine uh, perinatal visit and they did an ultrasound and I heard the words that I've heard eight years prior. I'm sorry but there is no heartbeat and our sweet sweet IVF miracle Emmett James was born sleeping on March 5th 2018. Some other things went on at that clinic and we ended up leaving. We actually had our embryo moved to a cryobank and we had it transported. It took its first trip as an unaccompanied minor down to a clinic in Des Moines, Iowa. And that little embryo was transferred in December of 2018. And sadly, it resulted in a negative pregnancy test. We decided to, we decided we trusted that clinic enough. So we were gonna go ahead with some egg retrievals at their clinic. My first egg retrieval was canceled due to poor response. My second, which was a minimal IVF stimulation was canceled due to a poor response. And he said, if anybody could get you pregnant is male. At that point, I was thinking about donor embryos, donor eggs moving on in a different direction because he told me that my eggs basically weren't any good. We looked into foster to adopt, and we kind of put that on the back burner because I knew I was looking for another job, and I wanted us to be more stable. Something in my gut me to keep on fighting for my own biological child. So in February of 2020, before the pandemic hit, I had a consult at the Mayo Clinic. The pandemic kind of threw everybody's medical plans off the rails. So we had to wait for an MRI until May of 2020. And the MRI showed that I had adenomyosis and endometriosis. We decided to go ahead and do an egg retrieval. We got two embryos and we were overjoyed. And I was scheduled for a pre-op consult and scheduled for surgery in October of 2020. Turns out I had been living all this time with stage four endometriosis. I had it throughout my pelvic cavity. Again, genitalia words, earmuffs, or fast forward. It was in my rectum, in my vaginal walls. It was everywhere. Basically, I got anal probed and I didn't even know it. They had to anal probe me to check for bubbles. Mm -hmm. They had to check for bubbles. I I didn't consent to that, but I'm so glad that I had that surgery and we got that trash out of my body because I feel 110% better. Like I didn't have a lot of pain like normal ladies who have stage four endometriosis do. I just had the world's worst periods and I would just feel sick and so drained. And I didn't realize like how much that affected my life until it was out of my body. So I'm so thankful for that. We did two months of depo lubron, So January, February, or no, December, January. And in February of 2020, we transferred an embryo. And sadly, that resulted in a negative pregnancy test. And I didn't take that negative pregnancy test that hard because i still had hope it was frozen at a cryobank we still had one embryo left so that is what kept me going was our one mighty mighty little embryo on ice we transferred our last mighty little embryo on april 8th 2021 and shortly after our transfer my husband and i went on vacation to arizona the weather was lovely we had an amazing time we love sedona the Grand Canyon and the Superstition Mountains. We did all of it as much as we could in the short time that we were there. And throughout that entire week, like I didn't even like second guess myself or Google symptoms or anything. Like I just felt in my soul that I was pregnant, like that it had worked. I was like, I know I'm pregnant. It had worked. So when we got back on April 17th, 2021, we had to go down to the mail for a blood pregnancy test and on our way home, I remember looking out the window and seeing these random rainbows. Just random. There was no rain, no clouds in the sky, and there was rainbows. And I thought, that's God telling us that it worked. That's God telling us it's gonna be okay. I remember telling Jay that, and we're like, that's gonna be okay. So when the results came through and the test was negative 0.05, I was devastated. was wailing into his arms like ugly full-on snot cry i was devastated and so heartbroken and so angry at god that i had to sit there and watch everybody else get their miracle and somehow mine got stuck and it was extra devastating because this was our last chance at a genetic baby to us our last chance in one moment i was fine the next moment i was crying I'd be fine again. And then I'm crying, eating gummy bears and drinking a margarita in my bathtub because life was just wasn't fair. And I had every right to feel what I was feeling. Anger was valid. Sadness, devastation, all of that was valid. And Jay and I had to have some hard conversations and we both knew that we wanted to have a child, that we wanted to have a family. It didn't matter to us that the kid wasn't genetically ours it didn't matter if they looked like us we just wanted a child to raise after exploring foster to adopt in 2019 we had made the decision that that wasn't for us the people that adopt children out of the foster care system are pure and utter saints they'll tell you during your training it's not for everyone and we decided that an older child is not for us and that we were going to move forward with an infant adoption we didn't care how long we have we don't care how long we have to wait and I told Jay I said you know infant adoption and I told him about this clinic out in New York this you can do donor embryos and they have all of these crazy treatments they can do to help an embryo take in a woman's body and I casually mentioned this to Sherry my former co-host and best friend about the donor embryos And this is where we get into what not to say to your best friend that's going through infertility. There's a time and place for brutal honesty. Right after your friend, less than 48 hours after your friend finds out that her transfer failed, is not the place for brutal honesty. It doesn't matter if you do not agree with her decision. It doesn't matter if you don't respect her decision. Just shut up because you don't know the thought process that went into those decisions of, hey, do we do donor embryos or do we apply for infant adoption programs? You don't know what they went through to get to those decisions. So by telling her, by telling her, and this is true story folks, by telling her, When she mentions, well, why not use a surrogate? And you say, you know what, a surrogate is expensive. I cannot afford that. Donor embryos are pretty affordable. Surrogates are not. It is not the time or place, brutal honesty or not, to tell your infertile friend right after she has a failed transfer. Your uterus hasn't turned up much. And when your friend reminds you she did get pregnant three times. You know damn well you were with your friend for every single one of, of those miscarriages. You were there by her side, so you don't need to tell her. None of them kept, none of them kept. A woman who has miscarried or given birth to a sleeping child doesn't need to be reminded that they didn't keep. That is not brutal honesty that is not being brutally honest with your friend, that is being disrespectful and hurtful of your friend. So if you have friends that are going through infertility, they've had failed transfers and they come to you and they say, hey, because they feel like they can tell you things that they can't tell other people because they're still mulling around these decisions in their head. If they come to you and say, I'm, I'm thinking about doing donor embryos in a different state, don't say, well, your uterus hasn't turned up much. Are you sure that's a good idea? Say to her, how can I help you? Do you need me to help you research something? When is this gonna happen? Do you, do you need me to take care of your animals while you're gone? What can, I, what can I do for you? Instead of your uterus hasn't turned up much. If she says to you, I've been pregnant before so I know my uterus is capable of, of carrying a pregnancy. You do not need to say to her, none of them kept, because she knows. When she says that to you, you say, yep, that's right. And you just keep that shit to yourself. There's a difference between being brutally honest and hurtful and disrespectful. There's a fine line there. And so many women in the infertility community do not share their journey because of what I experienced with my best friend because we get a lot of backlash. We get a lot of odd comments. We get looked down upon by our fertile sisters in this world. It's hard being an infertile woman, especially one when you've reached all options with your own genetic material, including your eggs, and your husband is being supportive of you and says, you know what, let's not do donor eggs. It's not fair that this child only be half genetically mine. Let's, let's go for the full donor embryo experience. Because he believes in your dream of motherhood. Be that supportive friend that dreams with her. Be that supportive friend that says, what can I do to help you with the adoption? Do you need me to print out some forms for you? Do you need me to like look them over to make sure everything is spelled correctly? Don't give her pushback on, well, there's foster to adopt. You can adopt an older kid. Don't pass a judgment on her because she says to you, I am not capable of adopting a child from the foster care system. Listen to what she's telling you instead of being brutally honest aka judgmental towards her decision help her help her with whatever she needs during that adoption process be that be the ear that she can talk to that she can vent to like I said proofread her forms hey maybe you have a stamp and she needs a stamp be like hey I got a stamp I'll drive to your house and give you a stamp or she needs a witness to show that she's nurturing and loving and capable of raising a baby that's not her own Be that witness, be there for her. And if you don't know what to say, and you don't know how to be there for them, just sit with them. Go get a cup of coffee and stare into space. Because we in the infertile community just need people to support us, and not judgment, not brutal honesty. It's hard enough being infertile that we shouldn't have to worry about. Is this okay to say to my, my friend, is she gonna judge me for this decision? Because I can tell you, when I told all of my other friends that we were looking into embryo adoption and infant adoption, it was, yes, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait for this next chapter to start for you. How can I help? Do you need a babysitter when this baby comes? Ooh, I never thought about embryo adoption. I'm in the same boat as you. Can you share some information? The ladies at my church, who barely even know me, offer prayer and support and send me text messages with encouraging Bible verses or just verses that they've heard. And the day before we found out our transfer failed, Pastor Becca at church, she said, if you never run into the devil, it means you're going the wrong way. I've been clinging to that saying since the moment I heard it because I think about all of the obstacles that are ahead of us but I'm willing and I believe in God's promise that every woman who desires to be a mother will become a mother because there was a woman that went to the temple every single day and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and when she was 90 years old God blessed her with a baby now I don't want to be 90 and I know everything is in God's timing and we all have to work through things in our own way. And if you have said some hurtful things to your friend, maybe you didn't realize it. And she calls you out on it. Accept it. Swallow that pill that you hurt your friend. I've been there. I've been in a position where I hurt my best friend before, and that's a hard pill to swallow. And you have to put your big girl panties on and lay your vulnerability on the table and come to them in their own time. If you hurt your friend, especially your infertile friend who's going through a lot in her life, you cannot expect her to bounce back like a cheap rubber band. It's going to take time. Don't go unfollow them on social media. Don't wipe them from your life because when you're going through life, Little things here and there are going to pop up and it's going to instantly remind you of your friend. It's going to instantly remind you and you're going to feel like a bitch and you're going to be like, shit. And it's going to keep happening and happening and happening and happening until you put your big girl panties on and you say, look, you're right. I shouldn't have been brutally honest with you. I shouldn't have passed judgment. You told me, okay, I'm not capable of adopting an older child. I want a baby. That is my desire. That is my choice. I should have respected that. I should have walked this journey with you. Instead, I totally wiped you out and that was wrong and we lost time because now you have a toddler and I miss those two years of that baby's life and they don't know who I am. And that sucks for me. That's not me. So if you have a friend that you've said things to that hurt them, she probably make amends because she's going to end up getting pregnant. Some, by Somehow, grace of God or that adopted baby is going to come into their home. And you're going to want to be there to see your friend's face for the first time when she holds that baby in her arms. When you see her light up and every piece of her being just soar with gratitude and joy for God. That her miracle that was stuck finally came. So what can you do for your infertile friends? You can... Offer to make them a meal or drop off a gift card because when you're going through the stimulation process, the retrieval process, your life revolves around shots. And I know personally, I forgot to eat. So if somebody was willing to bring me a meal, I was like, thank you so much. Or just check in on them how are the shots going? How are you feeling? Be there for them offer to take them out for a cup of coffee or go for a walk or go shop talk about the things that are, are to come because this journey is so hard and if a transfer fails or a miscarriage occurs you sit right alongside them in that grief until she comes out of it you offer her that listening ear or if the miracle is given and you know she's pregnant you throw her the best damn baby shower and you know she's terrified Of losing that baby, you remind her that this is God's gift. This baby is meant to be 110% be there for your friend. Through the retrieval, through the transfer, through the pregnancy. And God forbid if there's a loss. You remember that baby's name. You talk about them with her. Because she thinks about that baby she never got to hold every single day of her life. This week... Was heavy and raw. I just had to get the emotions that I was feeling after my failed transfer and how my friend treated me out into the open because I know someone out there in this world is unfortunately going through the exact same thing that I am. And misery does love company. And when there's misery, there's always wine, and you leave a little happier than you found each other. I promise that next week's episode is going to be fluffy and fun. And maybe we'll even shoot unicorns out of our ass. I don't know. Anything is open. But thank you so much for listening if you got this far. I hope all of you have a great week. Wondering what I look like? Do you want to see me awkwardly dance at the Mall of America with a cotton candy duck? Or just awkwardly dance in public without any music at any given time? I have no shame folks. You can follow me over on TikTok. I am at ninja in the city or you can go on over to maybe dot com. Have a question, have a topic that you would like to hear discussed. You can email maybe swearing helps at com. I look forward to interacting with you friends. Have a great week.